0: You are now listening to The Nosebleeds with your hosts, Corey Johnson and Kush Parikh. Be sure to check us out weekly every Monday and Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media on Twitter at the underscore nosebleeds. That's K-N-O-W-S bleeds. Also on Instagram at the Nosebleeds. And on Facebook at wwwfacebookcom forward slash the noseweeds. Face audio fishing at me. There's so many donuts on back streets.
1: Sin so high in the nose, please. Feel like I can fly. yo what up everybody welcome back to the nosebleeds podcast that's k-n-o-w-s bleeds it's your boy you already know it's your boy kush and i'm here with my man mr Corey johnson Corey, how you doing how was your weekend man
0: it's good it was dope uh you already know those the nosebleeds baby let's get it it's time to talk some sports because we got a lot to talk about a lot of stuff that i'm i just can't wait i'm really giddy Because we had some breaking (laughs) news yesterday out of nowhere, and I can't wait to talk about it.
1: Yes, sir. Well, first, before we get into sports, we want to give a quick shout-out to Mr. Cody Mola, one of our listeners. He sent me a text of a screenshot basically saying, you burned a top fan badge. Um, Basically, he's a top fan of our Facebook page. So, we can give more shout-outs if you just send us stuff that you're listening a lot or that you're uh, staying active on our social media. So, Shout out to Cody Mola. All right, now back to our scheduled podcast. Let's start off with On This Day. In 1991, 29 years ago, former Spurs, Raptors, and current Clippers forward Kawhi Leonard was born in Los Angeles, California. Take a listen. It's alive. Oh, It's alive. It's alive. It's, alive. it's, alive. it's alive. I right, know, but for real, let's talk about Kawhi. First of all, happy birthday, Kawhi. Uh, Shout out know, to Kawhi. Definitely, you know me. If you don't know already, I'm a Clippers fan, diehard Clippers fan. So Kawhi has a special spot in my heart, even though he hasn't even played a full season with us, but still. <laughs> um, basically, let's go over Kawhi Leonard's career. The guy has a track record of amazing work ethic, which has led him to win a lot of hardware. I mean, in high school, he was named California Mr. Basketball. Uh, in college, he led San Diego State to back-to-back conference tournament championships and the Sweet 16 appearance in the NCAA tournament, and then he went on to the NBA to be a first-round draft pick, and he's had an illustrious career. Two-time NBA champion, two-time finals MVP, two-time defensive player a year, and a four-time all-star. So let's just say, hypothetically, if Kawhi Leonard were to retire right now, is he a Hall of Famer in your eyes? Of
0: course. Of course he's all of famer in my eyes. I mean, he's already won two championships, two finals MVPs, and he led a team in the Toronto Raptors who had never gotten anywhere close to the finals to a championship and got an entire country their first ever NBA championship. I mean, that is big time stuff for his career. And if he's able to do what LeBron is trying to do and win the championship with a third team that, that would be absolutely incredible if he could get like a team like the Clippers, who yet again, never really had any sort of championship success in the NBA. If he was able to lead them to a championship, that would be a pretty much the nail in the coffin that this man is without a doubt, not only a hall of famer, but he could definitely put his resume up there amongst the top, 15 maybe even top 10 players of the nba
1: yeah i don't i mean obviously because of his early seasons him him not getting that many minutes his numbers right career numbers aren't there but when it comes to when he was getting the minutes and what he did how efficient he was with those minutes and what he's been able to accomplish he it's definitely he has a great resume i if he were to retire right now i don't know if he'd be first ballot hall of fame but i definitely think he would be hall of fame um like I said, his resume is worthy. And he's taken down, if you think about it, two of the most dominant dynasties in NBA history with the Miami Heats, LeBron Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. And then with the Golden State Warriors, yeah, the Golden State Warriors had their injuries. Don't know how it would have panned out if uh, they were healthy. But, I mean, Kevin Durant left the following year and now the Warriors are a bottom-dwelling team in the NBA. But that's also because of injuries. But if you think about it, he did take out two dynasties.
0: Yeah, cause I mean, like Kawhi, you, you, you just I just like his uh his personality. As far as he's not that active that much on social media, he pretty much just lets his game do the talking. He doesn't uh you don't really see him all that often. Um, complaining too much to the referees or anything like that. Like he just lets his game really do the talking for him, and I think that's that's that that killer assassin mentality and the fact that he doesn't need to like trash talk or he doesn't need to like get in somebody's head. Like he, he literally is just all about the business and we've seen so far, he's been able to reap the rewards from uh, just, you know, quietly getting his business done. Got that shoe deal with new balance and everybody was clowning <laughs> it at first, but I mean, yo, if y'all look at Kawhi Leonard's shoes, them shoes is fire.
1: They actually, are, I'm not going to lie. They are. I never thought I'd say that about New Balance, but <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um All right. Where does he rank for you in today's NBA?
0: Like in as far as the
1: players ranking.
0: Like as far as like, if everybody's healthy right now, I can't. I think I can't put him any lower than uh three. Like that's the lowest I could probably put him right now because when you look at obviously like LeBron and KD, and I think like. Kawhi is, like, right in that mix of, like, top three players um, of the NBA. Maybe there's – you could obviously make a case for, like, Giannis being up there as well, um, maybe even Steph. But I just feel like Kawhi is a definite top three player in the NBA right now just because so, of the level So who's of your one
1: and two? Who's your one and two? I,
0: I go back and forth, like, as far as, like, who's better between KD and LeBron just because of how much, like, uh, because uh, what we saw with Katie's impact with the Golden State Warriors. Now, obviously, don't really know as of now with, you know, current situation if Kevin Durant's going to return to being the Kevin Durant of old. So currently right now, if, uh you know, Kevin Durant's not in the picture, then, yeah, you would obviously say it's between Kawhi Leonard and – uh, Ka- it's Ka- Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James as my one and two – But Giannis is right there creeping uh, and knocking on the door. But I I just feel like Kawhi impacts the game a little bit more so than Giannis. Not to say that – because I feel like with Giannis, a lot of times, uh, his game is so heavily dependent on can he get to the paint and can he uh, find himself uh, getting to the rim. And if if you take that away, if you're able to, you know, force him – to have to, you know, shoot jumpers. I know he's been making them a little bit more this season than uh, last season, but I'd rather see Giannis shooting the ball than uh, him driving to the lane and just getting easy dunks and, or being able to kick out to uh, open shooters for an uh, easy three-pointer. So I think, I think that I, I would take Kawhi Leonard over Giannis right now, and I would put him in the mix between him and LeBron
1: interesting well i'm i'm gonna go with 2a like i have a 2a and 2b mm-hmm. kind of like you but i have to play Giannis number one right now okay i think Giannis just what well, he's been able to do uh on the court like he's just dominant the way he's only 25 26 something like that like he's mm-hmm. still young as hell um and he actually to your credit he shot 30 percent from three-pointer so it's not yeah, amazing, that's what i mean that's what i mean terrible.
0: that's what i mean i'll, I'll, I'll take the percentages though. i'd rather him shoot if I'm if I'm defending him, I'd rather him shoot threes versus uh, see him just driving to the lane on me. Because if he gets if he gets by you and he gets into the paint, it's it's pretty much all she wrote.
1: Right, but let's talk about Kawhi Leonard. So I have Kawhi at number two, two A, and then LeBron at two B because they're just that close. Like you said, they're just it. Any given day, one of them can be better than the other, and we saw that game one uh, of the NBA season. Kawhi definitely trumped. Uh, LeBron James, but then in Game Three, uh, LeBron trumped Kawhi Leonard. So I mean, they're they're both so close, but I just have to give it to Kawhi because, like you said, the guy has potential and many times is the best player on the court on both sides of the floor on offense and defense, and he's proved it to be one of the clutch, if not the clutchest player in the league right now. So I mean, he and he this year he was having a career year with points, assists, rebounds. Uh, Before the season was suspended. And I just think the reason why I would give him the edge over LeBron is just because we know LeBron can play defense. But that's why I said in today, today's day and age, LeBron has scaled back on the defense significantly, significantly. And we've seen that. And also, that's why I didn't take KD into account because of his injury. We don't know how he's going to come back
0: exactly yeah and like just going off like lebron uh defensive thing i mean like he's getting older obviously and then at the same time it's hard for him to expound so much energy on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball so i mean it's been proven even dating back to 2018 two years ago that like in the playoffs he was uh kind of taking a lot of plays off on the defensive side and so um but just for the LeBron stands out there, I'm not coming for your mans, okay? I'm just saying that LeBron, he does take plays off on the defensive end just because he understands that it's a marathon, not a sprint. And so a lot of different players like the Hardens and the Westbrooks, uh, those guys who kind of like just, just are like Energizer bunnies, they just go, 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 and kind of don't know how to slow the game down a little bit they, uh like, will burn out, like, halfway through the series, and then you'll look up and wonder, like, yo, Harden is just tired. He can't get his legs underneath him on his shot. Westbrook just looks like he's all over the place. And then, like, sometimes with LeBron, you just look, and it's like he's he's move. it feels like he's moving in slow motion at times, but he's going so fast that the te- defense can't handle him. So, uh, well, I, I think mean, that, it's amazing think that he's tough. still been able to go this long, but – right.
1: I think that's a credit to the regular season and that's why we're also seeing like you said LeBron's taking it easy now because he knows when to expend his energy and I think also Kawhi's kind of learned that too with the whole load management thing but come playoff time you will see LeBron play 40 minutes a game you will see Kawhi play 38 or 40 minutes a game because they know what's on the line so that's why it's smart but let's talk about The NBA, the schedule was released, and basketball will be back July 30th. The league will return with the Pelicans and Jazz, followed by the Lakers versus Clippers on opening day. Uh, Yes, sir. I'm excited. I mean, given the whole coronavirus situation, I'm I'm hoping that we're all fingers crossed, hoping that everything goes as planned, but you never know. Um, You never know. But we both looked at the schedules, looked at the calendars, Let's go over our top three games that we circled on our calendar. Uh, I'll go first. I think Lakers versus Clippers, July 30th, it's an obvious one. Um, the big rivalry in L.A. that is stemmed. These two teams were played against each other the Sunday before the NBA was su- suspended. Uh, the Clippers are up on them, 2-1 to one in the series, and this matchup has a lot at stake. I feel, I feel like more for the bragging rights of the fans rather than uh, the seating. But um, the the only problem back is I think that this game is the first game back for both teams, and they're both going up against dominant teams. So it's like there's definitely going to be rust, and we're going to see it. So it's going to be a very interesting game to watch. And uh, the big news is obviously no Avery Bradley. And in the last game when the Clippers and Lakers played, uh, Avery Bradley dropped 24 points. So that's a huge loss. And actually, some breaking news is that the Lakers are planning to sign J.R. Smith. They're in the final steps of signing his deals. But uh, J.R. Smith is going to be a Lakers to take Avery Bradley's spot.
0: Let's just, uh, for all the Laker fans out there, I'm, I'm sure you're just hoping and praying that J.R. just doesn't have a moment like he did a couple years back. where All he
1: needs he, to know, he needs to know the score. Just know, the score <laughs> just know what the score
0: is. Just know what the score is. Just know what the score is. Know what the situation is. And uh, I think the Lakers will be good. As long as he does that, you know, Lakers will be fine. But, hey, I mean, if you're LeBron, you're you're probably making sure, hey, junior we're up.
1: (laughs) We're up. I honestly won't be surprised if he doesn't even see the floor in that first game against the Clippers. Um, But I think with no Avery Bradley, that's such a big loss for them, and that's why I'm going to go with the Clippers in this game. But I think that's all contingent on whether Lou Will decides to play because I know there's been rumors about him saying that he may not return he may return so we'll have to see what happens all right Corey what's your first game
0: first game I am so excited to see it's gonna be on August 1st it's Lakers versus the Raptors I feel like that's a great game between two of the teams that are are right now in the mix for a championship we got the defending champions the Raptors you got the Lakers, who everybody feels is going to be a favorite to go on and win it this year. And I feel like when you look at these two teams, um, you got a team in the Raptors who has a star in Siakam and kind of just has like a band of, 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 of guys who kind of just mesh in with each other. And um, the thing that people realize is that even though Kawhi left Toronto, Toronto was still a good team last year. I mean yeah, like Kawhi was catching the headlines and Kawhi was, you know, dominant, don't get me wrong. But that was a great team that was around him, a great young team as well. So it had a lot of veteran guys mixed in with a lot of young guys as well. So I think that Toronto um, if they if they are able to pick up where they kind of left off, they can uh, really give the Lakers a real test here and I feel like Toronto's going to get that W.
1: Yeah, they played each other earlier in the season and the Raptors actually did beat the Lakers by the score of 113 to 104. So I think that is definitely an interesting game um, to see. And I think also a big thing for the Raptors, which uh, my next game is actually the Raptors versus Celtics, which is on August 7th. I think a big factor for the Raptors is OG Ananobi. The guy was not healthy for most of the season and I think... losing Kawhi having OG Ananobi is not a terrible replacement the guy's still young is a great 3 and D player um, and has some playmaking tools to him as well too so not a bad player to have on your team but with the Raptors versus Celtics I think this is going to be the game that determines the second and third seed in the Eastern Conference it's going to be a huge part of because it's basically you're playing the Pacers or uh, Heat or 76ers, whatever that sixth seed is going to be, or you're going to be playing either the Magic Nets or Wizards at the eighth seed, time, or sorry, as, as a second seed. So, I mean, there's big implements on this game, and uh, the Celtics are were up on, 2-1 on the Raptors this season. And I think both teams being healthy, I would give the edge to the Celtics.
0: Yeah, I would probably do the same thing as well, because I feel like Boston uh... – I feel like they have really given Toronto some uh, issues this season uh, throughout the course of the season. And speaking of the Celtics, my second game that I cannot wait to see is actually on July 31st. The first game for the Celtics is going to be against the the team that is uh, ahead of the pack in the Milwaukee Bucks. I feel like this is a great test for them straight out the gate, go up against the team that has been dominating the Eastern Conference and dominating this entire NBA season and pretty much has been leading the pack. And it kind of gets – you kind of get to see between these two teams, um, is Milwaukee still going to have that momentum? Are they still going to have that defense? Are they still going to have that same flow and pick up where they left off? Or are they going to look a bit sluggish and kind of look uh, a bit uh, slow and not the same as they did before uh, COVID hit? And so for the Celtics, I think that – they got like this young team obviously they got Jalen Brown they got Jason Tatum they got Kemba Walker and I feel like the biggest question mark with them is is can Kemba stay healthy and are they going to be able to 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 find their rhythm because I feel like when Jason Tatum is on I feel like he can be their best player when he's on though and sometimes he goes up and down as far as his consistency but when he is on you can definitely tell like the kid the kid got game he's got game and he's a very 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 key player for them and uh I just wonder if Danny Ainge was willing to to give him up for that trade to to the Pelicans if the, uh, for Anthony Davis like how much would that have impacted him as a player and with him going to the west and playing with the Pelicans but we'll never know but with him being on Boston he has to be on his game every single night if they're going to be able to clinch that uh that second or uh, or third seed
1: well i'm glad you brought up jason tatum because did you see his haircut <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> I have no words for that. My man,
0: my man transformed into Wolverine out here.
1: <laughs> oh, it was terrible. I, oh, it was man. funny. Just looking at the comments, everyone was like, okay, where's the after pitcher? <laughs> 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 that's how bad it was. Uh, uh but no, as far
0: as that game goes, I think that Boston uh surprises Milwaukee and they get the W.
1: God, I actually have Boston going seven and one, and that's their only loss against is against Milwaukee. So, we'll see what happens. Um, My third game, I'm going to go with the Sixers versus Raptors. That's on August 12th. Uh, This will be the first Sixers matchup against a contending team. They had a fairly, fairly generous schedule for them. Um, And this will be the seventh out of eighth game. So, I think by this time, they'll already catch their flow, see how the team is playing with each other and um this is also a rematch of that intense seven game series from the playoffs last year so both teams look different from last year the Raptors are two and one against the Sixers this year but I'm gonna go with the Sixers beating the Raptors
0: that's a good pick right there I feel like the Sixers and uh Tobias Harris even mentioned it uh he said like their chemistry has been off like all season and like they really have underperformed because this was supposed to be a year that people felt that they were going to take a next step and they were going to really challenge not only for like a uh, the first seed but really showcase that, hey, we're not just trying to mess around and just make it into the playoffs or, you know, get past the first round or whatever. We're trying to actually go ahead and win a championship. And so they kind of uh, have like a really sluggish start. But my third game that I'm going to go with is going to be On August 3rd, a Monday, and I can't wait for this one. You got the battle of the two rookies. It's going to be John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies versus Zion, Zion, Zion Williamson and the New Orleans Pelicans. And this has huge, huge playoff implications on the line. Obviously, the Memphis Grizzlies right now hold the eighth seed. And then you got the Pelicans who are not too far behind, and they're trying to get that eighth seed and snatch it away from Ja and the Grizzlies. And I feel like this is going to be a key determining factor. Whoever wins this game, I think, is going to solidify themselves as the eighth seed um, and, and pretty much go on to, to take it. And I feel like the Pelicans, I think, have a very much better favorable schedule, and I feel like they're going to ultimately take it. And as far as this game goes, I think that they're going to – this is going to be a game where Zion pretty much shows the world, yeah, Ja's going to win the rookie of the year, but had I been healthy, I think y'all would have gave it to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, for, that is going to be a very, very, very interesting game. Um, and like you said, it was it's two top rookies going head-to-head with each other. The Pelicans are 2-0 this year against them. You're going with the Pelicans. I'm gonna go with the Pelicans too. But I have the Grizzlies keeping that eight seed over the Pelicans.
0: Interesting. Interesting. because yeah. okay. I have
1: I have I have the Grizzlies upsetting the Thunder. Okay. And that's okay. why I think, I, I that's why I think the Grizzlies keep that eight seed because also think about it. They're what two and a half games up or three and a half games up? They're yeah yeah. I think they're like two and a half. So I mean that that's in eight games, that's a large number to climb too. And I mean, yeah, you're playing the creme de la creme of the the competition, but it's gonna be tough to cover that three and a half games. I think the Pelicans will be right there, but I don't know. It's tough. So actually that now that we're on the subject, let's actually talk about how we're gonna predict the end of the season standings are gonna look like. Obviously let's start off with the first seed. Who do you have?
0: So uh starting off in the west
1: yeah let's go well let's go uh just first seed west and east all right so So first first the west
0: first in the uh west i'm going to say i'm gonna go and say that it's gonna be the lakers still i feel like they're gonna hold on to that spot um there is a shout and a potential chance the clippers can maybe snatch it off them i wouldn't be shocked that all of the clippers were able to but the thing with the clippers i feel is that um this whole season has been kind of weird in the fact that the Clippers really haven't had their whole team together and haven't really had uh, a lot of opportunities to, to have Kawhi, Paul George, and the rest of the crew on the floor at the, on, at the same time. So I feel like the Lakers kind of have the edge as far as being able to play with each other throughout the entire season. Yeah, they're missing Avery Bradley, which is going to be a huge loss, especially on the defensive side of the ball but I feel like they'll make up for it and they still have so many different guys who help out down in the paint Dwight Howard, Trevor McGee, and Anthony Davis obviously block shots like crazy so I I just feel like their defense may take a little bit step back as far as beyond the perimeter but other than that I feel like the Lakers are still still going to make sure that they clinch that uh top spot in the west and same thing goes with Milwaukee I feel like they don't take too far too far of a step back I don't expect them to to dominate and pick up where they left off. I think it's going to gradually take some time for them to find themselves and, uh, you know, learn yet again how to play with each other. But I think that Milwaukee also takes the top seed in the East.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I got the Lakers first and Bucks first. I just think the Clippers are five and a half games back right now of the Lakers. I just don't see them uh, uh, climbing that steep of a mountain. I still think they're going to be the second seed, but let's just go into it right now. Uh, I think the Clippers are going to be the second seed in the West. And just because, like you said, they haven't really had their full team together. And when they did have them together, they were undefeated up until the Lakers that last game uh, before the season got suspended. So I I think now that they'll actually get to – they have the chemistry. They'll get to practice with each other more often. Because if you think about it, in the NBA season, you don't really practice as much as you think you do. It's really just – game maybe come in for shoot around the next game then shoot around then it's kind of like that or you're on the you're on the plane to go to the next city so there's not a lot of practice and time to gel with that chemistry and I think what was it it was up until after all-star break Kawhi and Paul George had their first practice together and Paul George was healthy a third into the season so it was even before the all-star break but like their full practice that they had together was after the all-star break so I mean that, that kind of goes to show that they don't really practice all that much together as a team. So I think now having this time off and, you know, having the, the practices that they'll be able to get in in Orlando, it'll definitely be beneficial for the Clippers. And that's why yeah. I have them as a second seed.
0: Yeah. In some ways Toronto was kind of like a, a blessing in disguise for the teams that have like a lot of injury issues or had guys that were out. Uh, and the Clippers were definitely one of those teams talented as can be. But like you said, like, haven't really been able to play together. So this long stretch of just being able to rest, recover, and pretty much uh, have that time for when the season starts back up again to be ready to go at full force, depending on who decides to obviously play. But uh, I think that that did wonders for the Clippers, and that helped them extremely uh, going forward. Who's your second seed in in the East?
1: So my second seed in the East is going to be the Celtics. I think they end up with the same record as the Raptors, but they'll have the tiebreaker over the Raptors because of the game I was talking about. And that's why I picked that as one of my games because that has such a big implement on the second and third seed. And it also has a big implement on uh who they're going to play in the playoffs. And it's such a big difference from like, whether it's the Sixers heat Pacers for that sixth seed, or whether it's going to be the Wizards uh, magic or, uh, Nets for that seven seed. So I mean, it's a big difference when you're talking about the competition right there. And I think the Celtics, just on paper, and even when they're playing, if all systems are go and they're 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 meshing with each other, I think the Celtics can be a very very dominant team.
0: Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I feel like uh I feel like the teams. I feel like veteran teams will will need like a. a a game or two to get back into the flow of things, and so those first couple games will really kind of like you'll 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 see like I think that younger squads will have a little bit more of a leg up than the the veteran teams. So I think Boston could definitely sneak that second seed, just like you said. Um, and as far as uh, the Western Conference, um, I I feel like the Clippers have like a pretty much favorable schedule and so i i just i i don't think i don't know i'm not too sure if Denver or utah or anybody else could really like uh snatch that second seed away from them but um barring like if everybody's healthy and nothing happens i think that the clippers also they go ahead and solidify themselves at the second seed onto the third seeds um I don't like Denver's schedule in the West, and I feel like they're going to drop off immensely. And uh, I feel like it's going to be either Utah or Houston that gets that third seed. I'm probably going to more so lean towards Houston just because I'm not, not too sure how the chemistry is looking with Grudy Gobert and uh, Donovan Mitchell. So I'm thinking that Houston is going to jump from six all the way up to the third seed and, uh, so, and, and clinch that in the Western Conference. Over in the Eastern Conference, I think it's got to be Toronto, um, just because I'm not too sure if Miami or Indiana or any other team can make up ground on uh, Toronto right now. That, would be, that's, uh, that's, that seems like a mountain to climb in itself, but not impossible by any means. But I just think that uh, Toronto is going to get the third seed in the East.
1: You have the rocket to jump into the third seat, huh?
0: Yeah, I think so. Just because I'm looking at the schedules and I'm just also factoring in like chemistry as well. I'm not like I don't know how Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell how that's gonna how that impact is going to uh, work in the locker room. Cause I'm thinking like if they can't gel together, that's gonna obviously impact the locker room and what's also crazy is that some recent news came out that rudy gobert he said that he's still having trouble like as far as like smelling mm-hmm. uh even months later so three months
1: after he had it yeah
0: like that's that's kind of crazy like when you think about it like we obviously have heard like corona like affects like your sense of smell and sense of taste and breathing obviously but man months three months later after you have been cleared of uh you know symptoms for COVID-19 and you still are having like issues with smelling and tasting. That's, that's crazy.
1: Yeah. Um, I think because of that reason with the whole Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert thing, it's going to leave a sour taste in their mouth because of how everything went down. Exactly. And that's why I think the nuggets are going to get the third seed. I don't see the rockets climbing up that far, but I think the nuggets get that third seed just because, I mean, We'll also have to see how Jokic plays because apparently he's lost a lot of weight.
0: Yeah, I've seen that too. And he, he
1: also was contracted coronavirus. I don't know if he's fully recovered yet, but he's in Serbia right now, and he unfortunately did contract it. But I still think Jamal Murray and, uh, and Jokic, I still think deadly pick-and-roll combo, pick-and-pop combo. And then you also don't know, we have a wild card in Michael Porter Jr. The guy yeah, could come true. out and come that out and blazing. And be the Michael Porter that everyone thought he knew to be, so.
0: It's very true.
1: That's why I have Nuggets as third seed, and then. Also, Bull Bull, the GOAT, Bull Bull. I I still don't think they're going to give him minutes. (laughs) He's going to be on their roster for sure, because you're allowed to have two-way players on your roster, but yeah, I don't think he sees minutes. Nah. Especially with Miles Plumlee there, too. You have Plumlee and Jokic, so, I mean, you have pretty good centers. I, I don't think there's a lot of time for Bull Bull to get, unfortunately, but. In the Eastern Conference, I have the Raptors. Um, Again, Celtics-Raptors, it's very close, but I think that game that the Celtics may edge the Raptors, that's what's going to give the Celtics a second and the Raptors a third.
0: And hold on. Let me just go on a little quick tangent. Uh, Brad Stevens, head coach of the Celtics, shout out to you. Um, You're a good coach and all, but hey, man, how about you play Taco Fall, please? If you play Taco Fall... Everything will fall into place. I'm telling you, Taco Fall is getting slept on in the Celtics organization. And if he sees minutes, that, that helps
1: them. Even I just think. the littlest of minutes, like maybe exactly. just like 10 minutes a game, 12 minutes a game, because we know he's not.
0: I'm uh, not saying he's a dominant center, but, dude, you can't teach that He can height. impact the game. And yeah. he can block shots. You know, I mean, like, he could be a rim protector. And the Celtics could use a rim protector right now because the majority of their their, their lineup is – they don't have a whole lot of height, and they don't have like a whole a, a guy who can just you can just have down low that can be like that intimidator to, to especially when you have like a guy like Giannis in the East. Like, why not have Taco Fall?
1: <laughs> well, okay, here's my here's my argument to that is I feel yes, Taco Fall is big. He's the great rim protector, but this isn't the NCAA. The NBA True. is a whole different ball game when it comes to playing against big man. And you look at the Bucks. Brooke Lopez can take you to the post. You That's look at the Raptors. True. Siakam can take you to the post. You or Ibaka, Marcus, Saul could take you to the post. You look at the Sixers. Embiid, Horford could take you to the post. The Heat, Bam Adebayo can take you to the post. So I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't blame the Celtics for not playing him. He's going to be on their roster because, like I said, with Bull, Bull, he's a two-way player, so he's going to be on the Celtics roster. But I. I mean, I don't blame him for not playing him. The guy's just not quick enough. He's big. He's tall. He can protect the rim, but the the centers in the league today are way way more agile than they are yeah in the way more yeah
0: way more athletic yeah
1: so that that's my whole thing i don't blame brad stevens for not yeah. playing him
0: i don't blame him but it's just like i don't know man but the Celtics he can don't make, he, really de- he could definitely difference. make a difference that's all i'm saying he can the only
1: thing difference. i would say where you are correct is just because the Celtics don't have a lot of options at big man and it's cancer's about it and then Robert <laughs> Williams but i mean he hasn't really seen the floor that much
0: exactly and i don't like i don't like having like guys who are like power forwards playing center for me cuz centers cancer to me is more of a power forward than a center
1: but you got you got the rockets in the third seed how does um, that work
0: oh yeah cuz <laughs> i mean i i just i don't I, I don't know, man. I feel like Got Denver, him. <laughs> I feel like the Denver schedule is just I don't I'm not sure. I'm not convinced with their with their schedule. And I feel like like you said, I don't know what it's gonna be like for them when games start up back up again. And right. uh and then with Utah, I feel like they're gonna dip off. And then with OKC, I'm not sure how they're gonna be. So I feel like yeah, the Rockets are gonna be that's that that team that surprises everybody when uh when uh, we start playing games in Orlando. And so at my fourth seed, I'm going to go with OKC. I feel like Utah is going to uh, fall. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Fourth seed, I'm going to go with Denver. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I
1: was I'm like, like, damn. You, I'm you got it. You got oh, let me chill. Right let now. me chill. I'm
0: like, I'm like just disrespecting
1: Denver right now. They're like, what the heck? If you guys nah, Denver, saw my Denver. face right now, Denver. I swear I was looking at this man like he was a madman. <laughs> Denver,
0: Denver at four. I I I got confused. I was looking at the uh, standing right now, but Denver at the four Um, Like you said, they still got Yoki and Jamal Murray. That's a great one-two punch.
1: Um, I also like Gary Harris too. Like. He he he's, he's Harris he's, hasn't done it for me, man. Like he <laughs> he's not played up to his expectations.
0: Yeah, I get that. But I feel like he's a good like uh like he's a good like spark plug type of player. Like
1: biggest sleeper on that team for me is Jeremy Grant.
0: Biggest sleeper yeah, on that team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Um in the east, I'm gonna go with uh Miami. Uh I feel like Jimmy Butler. Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero. I feel like they're just like a really fun Duncan
1: Robinson. Come on, give up, oh, yeah, big Duncan Robinson's some love. Oh yeah, Duncan
0: Robinson. Uh, remember him back in his Michigan days, and like now he's just lighting it up from three. He's lighting them up. He's become the new, uh, the new JJ Redick. JJ, yeah. <laughs> The new yeah, lanky JJ Reddick. but but uh, uh, uh Miami is a fun team to watch. Uh, it's gonna suck though that they're not able to to obviously play. And in uh, the United Center anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. And in the American, the American Airlines. La- yeah, American Airlines. And so, like, it kind of, it kind of is gonna because they had like a really good record at, as far as like playing at home, and they were giving teams just the business whenever they played at home. I think they had like the second best record in the East as far as playing at home. And so, uh, it's it's it's. I, <laughs> That's the only thing that you kind of wonder is how is it going to be now that all these games are playing at a neutral site? So we'll see.
1: Well, my fourth seed that I'm going to go with is in the Western conferences of Jazz. I mean, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell may have their differences, but I still think they're too dominant of a team – to not get a top four seed. You also forget that Mike Conley, who has not, I repeat, has not played up to expectations. You never know. Maybe this little break could give him a little kickstart to his uh, Memphis days. And then obviously you have and Joe Ingles, and then you have <laughs> Royce O'Neill and Jordan Clarkson too, and Emmanuel Mudio Keep those names in mind because those guys off the bench are very, very key.
0: Especially Jordan Clarkson for sure. Yeah
1: and then um but joe ingles
0: man joe ingles is like that typical guy at the ymca that just you think sucks but just balls balls you up
1: he's the clippers killer
0: (laughs) he just balls you up (laughs) i'll be looking at like how do guys fall for joe ingles dribble moves like this dude literally is moving at the speed of a turtle when he crosses people over and i'm like how did you get crossed over by joe ingles but
1: oh and how did i how could i forget that freaking bogdanovich too
0: Oh yeah. And I you know s- that
1: guy lights it up in the playoffs. You saw it two years ago against the Cavaliers. That guy was basically going money mano with LeBron a couple games.
0: Didn't stop. This I mean he was just hitting everything, it felt exactly.
1: like exactly. The and then in the Eastern games? Conference, I have the 76ers out have them jumping up from the six seed to the 14. Okay. okay. I, actually, I okay. actually have them
0: uh going okay.
1: I have him going undefeated. Okay. I have okay. Them both eight and O, and jumping up there, okay. just because, like I said, they have the easiest schedule in the NBA. Um, and I think they won't see a contending team until the seventh and eighth game, and mm-hmm. I think by then they'll have their shit together. Um, because on paper, Whoa. I mean, this team, on paper, this team literally looked like the Warriors did last year. I mean, you look at it; they have Ben Simmons, Josh Richardson, who's so underrated, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, and Embiid. That's your starting five right there, and all of those are all-star caliber players. Yeah,
0: and I've, I've said, like, since the season, like, started, even back into the offseason uh, when they signed Al Horford, I felt like on paper they have the most talent in the Eastern Conference, like, as far as starting lineups go. It's just a matter of, like, I feel sometimes the depth of their team kind of lets them down. And sometimes, some nights you get Embiid, who shows up, some nights you get Simmons, who shows up. But mm-hmm. uh, it's rare that both of those guys go off at the same time. And I think that's the biggest problem is I don't know if Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid can coexist on this franchise.
1: Well, the thing is, is with when it comes to Embiid, the guy who could really stop him is now his teammate, and that's Al yeah, Horford. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I yeah. think that's a huge plus that they have Al Horford. It and is, it, that, but and that it way, also – Al it Horford can protect like the curse. paint and also play the perimeter, and I think that allows jo- uh, Joel Embiid to focus more on the offensive end.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like when I look at Al Horford, what he's done this season, he's kind of been a little bit of a disappointment. When you look at uh, how where where like how he was performing with Boston, and now how he's impacted with the Sixers, he hasn't really made the impact that I'm sure that Philly fans thought he would. But like you said, yeah, uh, he was definitely the Embiid stopper, and now they kind of have him on their team. Yeah, he spaces the floor, and yeah, he hits mm-hmm. jumpers. But I need that man to be able to rebound, stop being scared of the ball <laughs> when the ball right. comes off the rim. Well, I think uh, have you seen that? Like whenever the yeah. ball comes off the rim, this dude or the, like,
1: not even the – no, it's a free throw. The free throw. What do yeah, you do? Like, he's like, yeah, he starts crouching down, like getting all scared. I'm like, dude, are you serious? yeah um but i think like you were saying with their bench that's a huge question mark but i think we've seen flashes of shake milton what he did to the clippers that one game he went off against the clippers and then uh, raul Neto's is a great playmaker uh mike scott can get hot anytime and just start shooting and making them so i mean they have wild cards coming off the bench but if those wild that's cards the are hitting, wild
0: cards yeah
1: if they're hitting i mean this team can be deadly oh for sure absolutely all right, um, now fifth seed. I'm gonna go with the Houston Rockets. I think right now they're in this they're in the sixth seed right now, tied with Thunder, but I think they jumped the Thunder just because the Rockets have uh, more of a favorable schedule than the Thunder. Um, so that's why I have and then also I think this break allows them to get healthy because I remember PJ Tucker is obviously your center now. And in, in a the <laughs> definition, if you look up small ball lineup, you're gonna see 2019, 2020 Houston Rockets, because that's exactly what they're doing. And PJ Tucker, he was battling injuries towards the latter part of the season before it got suspended. So I think – and being a center and such an undersized center, I think it, that, that definitely took a toll on him. So now he's healthy. Uh, they have a good bench. I mean, they have great role players with Robert Covington. Um, and uh, I believe they have Thabo, right? They have Thabo Cephalicia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. But, I mean – As long as you have James Harden, who I still think was snubbed of last year's MVP. (laughs) um, And then Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook's also a wild card when it comes to the playoffs as well. Like the guy can be as dominant of a player in the league. And there's other nights where he could just shoot you to a loss. (laughs) So that's, that's my uh, fifth seed in the West. And then in the East, I have the Heat. Um, They're the fourth seed right now. I just, see them falling because I think the seventy76ers get hot, and uh, like you said, the heat where your fourth seed, and basically what you said is what, what I was thinking as well too
0: yeah, so uh going with the sixers uh, in the east to take the uh, the uh, the fifth seed, I think like they, they jump up like you said, um, and at least they get the fifth seed I think that's that's a win for them to be able to at least get the fifth seed um. And rematch with Miami, Oof. They always seem to get Miami in the playoffs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, we'll see how that goes. Um, fifth seed in the West, going to go with the Utah Jazz. Just, you know, like I've been saying, don't don't have a whole lot of faith in them uh, when things kind of start up. But um, I think they're good enough to get at least the fifth seed. So,
1: All right, let's go to the sixth seed. Who do you have?
0: Going with OKC, but then again – you know what? I'm going to change that. I think I'm going to go with Dallas. I'm going to go with Dallas get that sixth seed. Um, I feel like I don't know. I just feel like feel like teams are going with with star players are going to 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 show out when uh, Orlando kind of starts up. So like I feel Doncic is going to pick up where he left off. Brzynikus has also had a chance to like get healthy. Um, a
1: big loss for the mavericks that came out i think last week was willie collie stein said he's not playing
0: oh yeah that is a loss because
1: i mean he he is on on, like on paper he didn't have the numbers i made an impact but he's definitely impactful when it comes to protecting the pay and when uh, porzingis is stretching the floor for rebounding purposes
0: oh yeah most definitely so i don't know we'll see how that goes but like Dallas, I feel like that's that's my wild card team. As far as like them in Houston, those are two, my two wild card teams in the West. Because I'm not sure. I'm gambling on Houston to just get like hot as hell and and jump up. But like with Dallas, the thing with them is is that some some nights Dodgers has it, and other nights he he kind of like fades off, and you're wondering like where the heck is Luca at, but. I feel like they're they're gonna hop over OKC and get that six seed, and then in the East, I'm gonna go with the Indiana Pacers. Not That's a lot f- to not <laughs> lot to say with the Pacers. <laughs> so I just hope that Oladipo's healthy. That's the only thing I have to say about the Pacers.
1: For me, it's uh, the Thunder in the six seed for the West, and. I mean, I hate to dis like it's. I I don't know if it's a disrespect. I just feel like the teams in the West is so dominant. Like it can be shaped up anyway from the third to the seventh seed. It can be shaped up anyway in the Western Conference. But yeah, I have I have the Thunder just just because I feel like the other teams have more star-studded players. But not to knock the Thunder at all. This team surprised everyone. They yeah, even, the fact even, that they're even you know, here, KC, yeah,
0: yeah is crazy in itself.
1: So. I mean, and to think about OKC fans, you guys are chilling because you guys have a stockpile of draft picks to work with too. So if this doesn't work out, don't worry about it. You guys have a great future, just as long as you guys make the right draft picks. But with that being said, in the Eastern Conference six seed, I have the Pacers. My biggest thing is, like you said, Oladipo, the guy when he came back healthy, he was having uh, his career stats were looking like his OKC days. And I mean, he was having career lows in points, three point uh say percentage. That again? Percentage. Say that again?
0: he was he was he was back in his OKC days. Yep. People forget people was in OKC and he was nowhere to be found. Right. <laughs> that man took a vacation.
1: For real. I mean they got Paul George out of it, which oh, they yeah. Giving to oh, the Clippers. it worked <laughs> out. I feel like it
0: worked out more so for Indiana because they were able to get Oladipo. And
1: DeMontis Sabonis. Yeah, was, that was, was the sleeper.
0: That was the soul sleeper. that was an all-star this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they got two all-stars for the price of
1: one. Yeah. Uh, so, that, that worked out King. well. Who's <laughs> not that, even on their team anymore? Exactly.
0: So, they clearly won that trade.
1: Damn, why are we on the Thunder's head like this? <laughs> we're, just, <laughs> we're just out for them. Uh, but the Pacers, I mean, also the biggest biggest question mark is miles turner i mean it feels like this guy has star potential but it just seems like the pacers cannot tap into that potential and i don't know what it is but uh we'll we'll see um nate mcmillan's gonna have to come up with something for the pacers but um yeah for my seventh seed i have the mavericks i think luka is the the face the future of the NBA not even just the the Mavericks I think he's the future okay. of the NBA NBA with the the Kumpo. I mean okay the guy's averaging 32 triple double in his second season.
0: This is the this is the argument that uh a lot of people love to get into is Luca uh like a like he's he's good But I need to see some playoff success. I need to see what he does in the playoffs. Look
1: who's around him. I know he he barely got Porzingis this year. And even is not playing complete. He's he's playing like he's not confident as he used to play in New York.
0: Look, he has the numbers. He 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 shows out. He plays well. But I'm just saying, I need to see what he does in the playoffs because we don't talk about guys or I feel like you shouldn't talk about a player being up there considered in like the top 10 players of the NBA right now until I see what they do in the postseason. Cause like with Damian Lillard, he was doing it in the postseason. season. That, that shot he hit against Houston, that shot against uh, OKC, like he's shown that he can be a force that you have to reckon with in the postseason, which is why I have so much respect for, for D-Lil. Like, he, he's done it in the postseason. And, uh, you know, uh, same thing with Kawhi, same thing with LeBron, same thing with uh, Steph Curry. I mean, you know, a lot of guys uh, get slept on sometimes. But I'm, I'm like, look, yes, Luka is a dominant regular season player. But will he – look, James Harden is a dominant player in the regular season, and he's not the face of the NBA. So I'm just wondering, like, Will Luka be the next James Harden, or will he take it a step further and, like you said, be up there with Giannis?
1: I think the reason why is because James Harden was not fully – he wasn't James Harden until he left LKC, which took up a majority of his career. I think Luka Doncic is 21 years old. Yeah. And yeah. I think that the fact that he's 21 years old and he's almost averaging a triple-double and has gotten the Mavericks to where they are right now – I mean, why do we give Westbrook so much praise for averaging a triple-double but not yeah. doing anything in the postseason? Like, some people are doing that. Then give this 21-year-old a chance is what I'm saying. And I think that given if he can get, you know, Is I it controversial? Decent, to... decent pieces around him. I think he right. can, uh be successful in the NBA. And also, he's in the Western Conference guy. Like,
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, Harden,
1: LeBron, AD, Kawhi, Paul George, the list, like, the list goes on and on. It's like... It's it's not easy.
0: With, is it controversial to say like Westbrook versus Luka Doncic? You taking Luka Doncic? I don't think that's controversial to say. Mm. <laughs> hey, I feel like if Harden that's had Luka tough. Doncic, I feel like I feel like I feel like they would, wouldn't be able to mesh. I feel like they wouldn't be able to mesh because they're so ball dominant. But well, we said that I feel about like,
1: CP three and Harden. That's we true. That that's true. Westbrook but I feel like.
0: But I feel like if. Uh, I feel like they they would be able to gel with each other a lot more just because they're so similar as far as uh, their play styles. So they would already know, like, where each other wants the ball. And uh, they would be able to set each other up a lot more.
1: I think so. I don't know. That's that's a tough one. That's a tough one. And back to that one-on-one question. I don't know. I still think I might get – ooh, that's tough. I think I might give the edge to Westbrook just because I think he's better defensively. Than true, Luka. right true, now, at this stage of his that's career. right,
0: you're, you're, you're absolutely right, and that's one of the knocks that I had like on luca's game is like defensively. I mean, but he's then still again, young, like he still he's, has a long he's
1: 21. This yeah, is his yeah. second year in the NBA, yeah and so
0: he still obviously still needs to fill into his body and, and you know get stronger.
1: And then, so that's my seventh seed of the West in the Eastern Conference. I got the Magic, the right now the eighth seed, but I just think with the Nets, no KD, no Kyrie, I see them falling, and I see the Magics taking that opportunity. So jump up to that uh, uh, seven seed.
0: Yeah, same here. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the Magic as the seventh seed, and I'm going to go. I'm going to go with OKC, I guess.
1: Damn, so, you have OKC falling that far, huh? Yeah,
0: because I, I, I had I, had tough. Dallas going. Yeah, I had Dallas going above them. So I don't know. I just I don't know. I, I mean, fifth to seventh—that's not that's not a
1: huge drop off, but that's funny that you mentioned the Thunder this time and how much you're like knocking them because uh, one of my really good friends, Johnny, he he's a listener of the show and he is a Thunder fan, like diehard Thunder fan, and he was talking to me. He was like, "Hey man, this Corey dude, man, I like. He's hyping the Thunder up. I like him. So I think after this episode, he's not gonna like Uh, me (laughs) anymore."
0: Sorry, Johnny. Hey, but I'm just saying, like. Who, like, they'll they'll get the 7th seed, and I feel like that would be – because I'm looking at it as far as, like, matchup as well. I feel like that would be a good matchup to had like, the Clippers go up against OKC in the playoffs.
1: I think whoever the Clippers get matched up against, I mean, it's going to be shitty for them, whether it's going to be OKC, nah, I feel like that's going to be the a... Mavericks, whether – like, it's going to be shitty for the Clippers is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. going to have a challenge. Yeah,
0: exactly. And it'll probably be, like, either, like, maybe a 5- or a 6-game type series.
1: But... Yeah.
0: I think it's all depend on the health of uh, both teams though.
1: Right.
0: But yeah, 7C for OKC, 7C for the Magic. Um 8C, I already said this, uh it's going to be Zion, 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 Zion and the Pelicans and the West just cuz like I'm looking at Memphis's schedule, don't like it. Looking at Portland's schedule, I hate it. And Sacramento, some Ooh. people saying Sacramento the King. <laughs> Sacramento, the Kings, the Kings. I never <laughs> heard, of never <laughs> heard of them. No, just <laughs> I'm
1: just
0: No, like some people say, like the Kings might have even a good shot, but I feel like the teams that uh have the best shot of getting the eighth seed off of Memphis are the the Grizzly. I'm sorry, off of the Grizzlies are the the Pelicans and the Spurs, because you know the Spurs like. It's just always in that mix, man. They like, always in that mix. Just when you think that they they they're about to get booted out of playoff contention, boom, still in that mix.
1: No, I don't. I don't see the Spurs doing that at all. You don't um, see it at all. I just I just don't like their chances with. Uh, <laughs> And and then Portland, like you said, their schedule is not favorable, like not favorable at all. Hey, um, Dave was complaining about uh,
0: coming back, like be pointless, dude. Might as well just go into the studio and get uh, the album ready, because I don't see, I don't see, I don't, I'm not sure if Portland's able to get into into eighth seed, into the playoffs. So they might as well start their off season early.
1: Yeah, and so for the eighth seed, I have the Grizzlies um I have them not edging out the Pelicans by half a game and I think I just think they're gonna the Grizzlies are gonna take a game away from one of the teams whether it's the Thunder whether it's even the Clippers because they they beat the Clippers convincingly one time too so well I mean I, I could see the Grizzlies potentially surprising one of the teams and um sneaking into that eight seed and uh the, in, the, in the Eastern Conference I have the Nets because I just think the Wizards but no John Wall he said he's not coming back so I think with no John Wall and only Bradley Beale really I, I just don't see the Wizards doing anything I don't even know why the hell they're here But <laughs> I think yeah the Nets in the 8th seed but the, the Nets aren't going to do anything either in my opinion um, and then ninth seed we, I have the Pelicans and in the ninth seed, obviously, I have the Wizards because the East only has nine yeah. teams.
0: Yeah, Wizards, obviously, in the ninth for the East. And then uh, for the ninth in the West, I'm probably going to go Grizzlies just because I feel like it's going to be between – look, I feel like the NBA is is drooling out the mouth at the idea of having LeBron versus Zion in a playoff matchup. Like, Yo that's going to do ratings on ratings on ratings. Like y'all saw what the last dance did. Yeah. (laughs) Wait for Zion versus LeBron. That's going to double what the last dance numbers did.
1: Well, yeah. So let's talk about that because there's a race to the eight seed. Now they're implemented this uh, postseason, a play-in game, which I am in love with. Um, And it's basically the eighth and ninth seed playing for that eight seed. And the way it works is if you're the eight seed a little more – advantage for you is you only have to win one game so as soon as you win one game you're in but for the ninth seed you have to win two games uh in order to um make it into the playoffs so basically it's two in a row for the ninth seed or one in a row for the 8th seed basically I don't even know if you'd call one in a row just one yeah (laughs) you gotta win one game but um all right right, for the west obviously we both have the Grizzlies and Pelicans we just have them vice versa as the Mm -hmm. 8th and ninth seed I have Grizzlies as 8th seed and Pelicans as ninth seed and you have it flipped around Mm -hmm. but I think we both have the Pelicans winning I had the Pelicans winning the first two games I just feel like (laughs) they're just too dominant for the Grizzlies and I think once they finally get things together one because the biggest question also is Zion and is is he in shape yeah
0: is he in shape in shape too
1: and also I think Zion and Brandon Ingram will they be able to share the ball with each other enough times especially in these big games so we'll have to see uh, what happens with that but I still think the Pelicans come out on top I think the Pelicans have the better coaching as well in Alvin Gentry versus Taylor Jenkins of the Grizzlies so we'll have to see what happens, but I'm I'm going Pelicans two games straight, and they get the eight seed and play the Lakers.
0: Yeah, I think it's gonna be tough to like. I don't know. I feel like it's a lot tougher to win two straight games in a row on a team just because that second time you play them. If, let's just say, for instance, you get one like that second time is gonna be really hard.
1: I just so feel like the I feel like New Orleans have better, Pelicans have better perimeter defenders and better guy or guys that can score.
0: Yeah, like their perimeter defense, they're long and lanky, and they get out and run, so yeah. that's going to be tough.
1: Okay, but so. since, since, you have, since you have the Grizzlies as the ninth seed and the Pelicans as the eighth seed, do you see the Grizzlies potentially stealing one from them?
0: Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think they could, they could get one.
1: So you think um, it's going to go
0: 2-1? Yeah.
1: Got it. Or no, sorry, 1-1. Oh no! Sorry, yeah, one. Oh no! Yeah, it's gonna go one-one. Yeah, it it's to gonna be one-one. Yeah. So
0: I, I think the Grizzlies get the first one, and I think the Pelicans
1: uh they get the second game. Got it. And then let's go to the Eastern Conference. We have the Nets and Wizards, both of us. um I think the Wizards actually steal the first game, and the Nets uh, win the second one and go on to get swept by the Bucks in the playoffs. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: Um. I just think because no Kyrie, yeah. no KD, but the, but the thing still is have Bradley Beal.
0: The thing is, is that um, depending on who's playing, because that's that's one of the things that we have to still factor in, because we don't. Wilson know.
1: Chandler said he's out.
0: Yeah, we yeah. So that's that's a, you know that's a big loss for them. So, um, but for the most, for the most part, for the most part, I'm just saying for the most part. he's the most part. Well, yeah, I mean he's not like how he was like. You know, In New York or Denver or Denver, yeah. But what I'll say is, is that uh, without Kyrie, Brooklyn has I think been a better team with him not on the floor. Hmm. Uh, and the same thing happened even with with the Celtics when when Kyrie kind of went down. Uh, the Celtics had a better, you know, just made like this crazy run to the Eastern Conference fi- uh, Eastern Conference Finals surprised a lot of people and then uh whenever Kyrie you know wasn't playing uh, the following year like they just looked like a better team because they didn't feel like they had to I guess cater to to Kyrie so
1: well I think they also had Jason Tatum Jalen Brown Al Horford oh, that helps. oh that helps that but, helps and I think with the Nets they have Spencer Dinwiddie Kiris Lavert, two great players but outside of them I really don't see them doing anything and the, the thing is that they can't even they can't really do it on the defensive end either they're more of a offensive sided players.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just I feel like the Wizards, like you said, uh not sure why they're there, but it'll be interesting to see. Hey, imagine, hey, imagine they 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 get that eighth seed and what if they shot the Bucks? What, oh their- <laughs> what if they beat the Bucks? Oh my God,
1: stop it. What if they beat the Bucks the Washington Wizards? <laughs> I'm about to I'm about to mute you right now. <laughs> uh no, but, yeah, either way, those, either of those teams are going to get swept by the Bucs. I don't care what you say. They're not even sitting in sure. one game. For sure. Um, all right. That's going to do it for the NBA. Let's move on to the NFL.
0: Oh yes, yes, sir. freaking yes, yes, news yes, sir. that
1: came out Sunday night that Cam Newton signed a one-year deal with the New England Patriots. The contract Man, is so uh,
0: weird
1: to hear. I know the contract is very incentive based though, so it can be worth up to seven point five million dollars. Um, so I mean, I think this is a, a a low risk, high reward signing for the Patriots. And this is actually a crazy stat that I read that the Patriots have the longest streak of homegrown quarterbacks starting a game for them in NFL history in the Super Bowl area, which is four hundred and twenty three games, and that was of course, the Drew Bledsoe and Tom Brady era. So now if Cam Newton starts, that will break the streak. Um, So (laughs) with this new signing, do you you think it was good that the Pat signed him?
0: Uh, I think it was good for what they signed him for. Um, I just recently saw a a notification on my phone that said uh, Richard Sherman was very upset at looking at the contract for uh, Cam Newton and was saying that uh, the New England Patriots were kind of being cheap and kind of being skimpy (laughs) with the the contract to Cam Newton. But my thing is that this is a win-win for Cam Newton because when you think about it, um, he comes into an organization that has the winning culture, has pretty much, you would say, the best head coach, right? Like Bill Bill Belichick in the NFL. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So –
1: Adam Gates, what are you talking about? (laughs) Mel Brian, what are you talking about? I
0: mean, hey, hey, hey. I mean, hey. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, great coach, great culture uh, of winning. He has the best opportunity to showcase his talents. So let's say it doesn't work out with New England and they don't want to re-sign him at the end of the season, fine. But if he balls out, pulls a Ryan Tannehill, Maybe wins a playoff series. I mean, series playoff game. Uh, Who knows, man? I mean, like this is a really good opportunity for Cam to kind of really show the doubters wrong. And he's pretty much been chirping on social media with the the workout videos, and Mm -hmm. he's been saying, listening to gospel music. He's been saying, he's been saying, like he's having a he's having you know, an epiphany. He's feeling he's feeling good. He's feeling great. He's ready to get back on the field. Chip on and his
1: shoulder for sure.
0: Yeah. So massive chip. And so like I said, he he could like when I looked at the odds and they were saying like uh that the Patriots with Jared Stidham were were probably gonna win maybe seven or eight games. They said with Cam Newton nine or ten. Like nine and a half is like where it's sitting at. And so a lot of people feel like with this signing that Cam Newton gives them what obviously the Patriots have never had in the past two decades or so because uh, with Tom Brady at the helm, they never had a mobile quarterback.
1: And so just imagine the play calling potentially with so Cam that, that, Newton. That's what actually what I wanted to ask next is, do you think that Cam Newton can actually fit in New England's offense?
0: I mean, I'm just remembering what Muhammad Sanu Who I think like a lot of people forget he's still on the Patriots, but (laughs) Mm -hmm. I remember he got traded to New England uh, mid-season last year for a second rounder, and and he really was still having a a huge time just before the playoffs had started. They were asking him like, "Yo, uh, are are you feel like you fitting in? Are you feel like you fitting in?" And he's kind of like the the play calling is just it's 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 hard you're not going to get it like right off the gate you kind of have to it's going to take some time which is why i think a lot of people are just assuming that cam is just going to immediately come in and the starting job is automatically his let's not forget jared stidham has spent a year over a year in this patriot system he already knows the system or should know the system uh and so that should maybe give him a leg up. But I, I'm sure that talent wise, you would probably say or assume that Cam Newton has uh is more has more talent than Jared Siddham. But um I just wouldn't assume right off the gate, especially for Patriots fans out there, that Cam Newton's gonna just start week one because who's to say that uh he's gonna be able to get everything down like right away. But I think that this signing shows shows the intent of the Patriots. Cause I was thinking that, and a lot of people I think were thinking that they were going to pretty much take this time or take this year to pretty much just assess where they were at and allow Jared Stidham to get the reins at starting quarterback. If he, if he's balls out, then maybe we kind of like same thing with the Dak Prescott situation. If he balls out, then maybe we rock with Jared Stidham or if we don't like what we have, maybe we look at the draft because this upcoming tank draft
1: Thank for Trevor Lawrence. Hey,
0: maybe, maybe you go out and get Trevor Lawrence. So, but with this signing of Cam Newton, it shows that once again, the Patriots are not interested in rebuilding. The Patriots are interested in trying to reload. So now all they really need to get is a weapon. And I've been hearing, maybe they rock out and get Antonio Brown and they, they try to get him back in the fold uh Des Bryant is still a free agent and I've heard his name being thrown out there as a potential uh free agent that the Patriots try to look to to, to sign to get Cam Newton and uh the the Patriots quarterback some weapons so y- you just know that the Patriots they're gonna do everything in their power to to hang on to that AFC East title because they're not going to go away quietly
1: yeah and in, in regards to the signing I think like I said I don't think it was a good signing I think it was a great signing because it's such a <laughs> low risk, high reward signing. Absolutely. based contract. And with all this time off, we know Cam Newton has not been the player we know Cam Newton to be. And that's because of all the injuries. The guy has had two shoulder surgeries. The guy has had a Liz Frank injury, which is for a mobile quarterback like him and such a big size like him, too, like that's detrimental. But I think with all this time off, he's had time to recover. He's had time to recuperate and I think he can finally have a good season if he is healthy. I don't think he's gonna go flashback to like his 2015 MVP season.
0: No, and I think I a lot of Patriots fans need to to not automatically think that he's I mean, You know, be Patriots, Superman you know Cam. Boston
1: fans in general. Come on now.
0: <laughs> Look, everybody saying, like Superman Cam is, is in the middle. I'm like, yo, right. uh, uh, I don't think so. I but think I also at the same that. time
1: yeah. at the same time, I won't be surprised if we see that Cam too. Like, there's a, I think a- he might
0: show flashes. Like, you know, every player shows flashes. Like, even sometimes Derrick Rose, like, he shows flashes of his old self uh, here and there. But I, I just think it's difficult with a player who's been injured for them to right. consistently show uh, to get back to that old old level. Like, the, the one – one of the few players that I can think of, it's like I'm just surprised that Paul George – somehow is still able to perform the way he performed after that gruesome injury he suffered.
1: Well, it's a crazy story. I don't know if you guys have heard it, but I mean, I don't mean to go on a tangent, but that whole thing is like, he talked about his mom having cancer. And if like she could fight cancer and beat cancer, I can beat this injury and go back to being even better than I was. So it's actually a really dope story uh, of Paul George, but back to Cam Noonan, the Patriots. I think he has a better offensive line he has a better defense yes when it comes to skill players it's kind of iffy i mean you had you had dj moore you had curtis samuel you had uh greg olson was gone he was with uh, the seahawks now but he had christian mccaffrey i don't think you're gonna get all those skill players but it's not a huge downgrade you still have edelman you still have sanu you still have Nikhil harry you have sony michelle james white so you still have great skill players around you so but obviously better O-line and better defense. I think that's a huge thing. That's what kind of intrigued Cam 2 want to sign with the the Patriots. And in in regards to him fitting in their system, I think there's a lot of work to do because I don't think the Tom Brady offense is going to work with him at no, all. Because no. we've seen, especially towards the – before he sat out all of last season with the injury, he was overthrowing guys five yards. And yeah. it was bad. And I think – Lucky for Cam Newton, though, is that he has uh, Josh McDaniels as his head uh, offensive coordinator, and he was a head coach for the Broncos when he coached Tim Tebow. So I think if Josh D- McDaniels can kind of implement that offense uh, with Cam Newton, obviously with the less of taking a beating, but more of like maybe the, the read option, the zone option, um, maybe some RPOs throw that in there. I think he can, oh, yeah, keep uh, especially with Sonny Michelle.
0: Temps. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be dope with those, or even RPOs.
1: with James White, because James White's a great runner, but even an uh, even better pass catcher out of the back. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. I think there's I forget what year was it was, but like I think he was at one point, uh, one of their top receiving options. And I'm like, your mm-hmm. running back is your top receiving mm-hmm. option. That yeah, is that's so, not, that's that's not, so, a, knock that's not a knock. No, it's not. It's just like it just shows like.
1: How good he is! That's
0: how good he is, mm-hmm. and that was because Brady is—he's gonna throw the check down, and if he's open, I'm gonna give it to him. And so. that's
1: why a lot of people are saying like he's losing out on McCaffrey. McCaffrey was the only thing McCaffrey has over him is he was exceptional at actually running the ball, which James White is not. But when it comes to the pass game, I think they're somewhat on the same level with James White and Christian McCaffrey.
0: Yeah, like says, feel, receiving yeah. backs
1: out of the backfield.
0: Yeah, because I feel like. Um, uh with the the running back committee that the patriots have um they kind of sometimes they use their running backs as wide receivers exactly they'll line up um, it works out So, so it works out it works out uh in the end like like i said last season the patriots were literally doing everything and anything possible just to manage any sort of offense um and part of that is because their quarterback was Tom Brady. And also the other part of that is because they didn't have a whole lot of skill, uh, skill guys there, a whole lot of weapons uh, to operate with. So the main thing that a lot of people are already getting into is uh, I've heard people say that inserting Cam Newton at the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots is just as good, if not better, than having Tom Brady last year. I don't
1: know about all that. I don't know about all that. Just because I think Tom Brady is the greatest, if not one of the great, if not the greatest game managers in NFL history when it comes. And that he just doesn't, even though his numbers fell off and he didn't look like the Tom Brady we once knew, he wouldn't do stupid shit. And right. that's something that Cam Newton would definitely do to try to make a play, just to yeah. try to make a play. He'd do something stupid that could potentially cost him a game, which Tom Brady would not do. And that's yeah. why Tom Brady has the title that a lot of people gave him as the greatest of all time because he's smart and he's aware of the situation and of the game. So that's yeah. why I, I would completely disregard that statement about him uh, being a better replacement than Tom, for, the, uh, for Tom Brady.
0: I think it's hard. It's, it's, this is going to be a real test for Cam because it's going to – we've always talked about it's hard to come in and replace somebody who has been a staple and has been consistent as can be? And Tom Brady, when you think of Tom Brady, you think when when you think of the New England Patriots, you think of Bill Belichick, but you also think of Tom Brady as the quarterback. And now he's not there, obviously. Cam Newton is going to. I'm just thinking. I'm having vibes of John uh, Carlos Stanton when he first came into the the Yankees, Yankees. and he was and he was striking out like crazy and he started getting
1: booed. If Cam struggles out the gate, I if don't, there's one if there's one thing we know about Boston, they the main thing to do in Boston is sports. Exactly. Sports is the main thing in Boston. They live and breathe and die sports. So exactly especially so. with how successful the Patriots have been in the last 20 years, it's gonna be to like kind of with the whole Lakers thing. Like they were successful from the two thousands to two thousand tens and then everything just broke apart and you have kobe playing with robert sacre and chris mim and stuff like that and it's like like i'm not used to seeing this at all (laughs) laker fans were not used to seeing that and that's why they started going haywire and i think we can definitely see the same situation with boston fans as well if this doesn't go as planned
0: if this if this if like the first few games cam is like overthrowing guys throwing like pick sixes and just looks like Jameis winston minus the 30 touchdowns but like has the like Crazy amount of interceptions, fumbles, like just turning the ball over like crazy, and just not looking like an NFL quarterback. Um, it's not going to look good for him. It's not going to look good for the Patri- uh, Patriots. And then if you have over here, Tom Brady's just just got all the time in the world to just pick out Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard. I'm like, yo, <laughs> people are going to make that comparison, and I think that's that's something. Well, that I think that's the, why. The, it's going to be a constant storyline throughout the entire for sure,
1: season. for sure but i think that's what the patriots knew about them that's why they didn't give a gigantic contract to them and they're like if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't but i think in their favor the afc east is weak exactly and that's the main main competition wanted, is buffalo that's exactly
0: and so like that's that's why um even with jared stidham i wasn't thinking that there was going to be like a huge fall off. I was thinking that they would end up being someone like the Steelers of last season, maybe like eight and eight, possibly even nine and seven. Mm-hmm. But people forget the defense is still solid. Yeah. They lost. Uh, actually,
1: I actually like that comparison.
0: Yeah. I mean like, yeah, they kind of lost out like on a couple of guys uh, to free agency, but the defense is still going to be, you know, every single year the Patriots defense is in that top 10 is in or just outside of it. They're going to be a really good defense.
1: So here's my question. Here's my next question to you is, do you think the Patriots are a legit threat in the AFC, not even just the AFC East, but the AFC in general, now that they have Cam Newton?
0: Well, if you look at the landscape of the AFC, obviously you would say Chiefs and uh, Ravens are, are, are the top dogs of the AFC right now. And then, like, outside of that, who else do you say is, like, the third team, the legitimate third team to challenge? Titans. I mean, like Titans. Maybe. May- maybe the Colts.
1: We could see what they do. Like, maybe the Phillip Colts. Rivers would... now. Maybe. But, I mean. I just think you, you can't. Know. You can't pencil in the Patriots as the number three. No, I'm not, right I, I, I'm not
0: penciling them in. I'm not penciling well, them. I know at, a lot of people are. <laughs> so, there's a lot of people. But that are. here's the thing: is that I don't want. I don't want to. You know, a lot of people making the mistake of saying like, after after Tom Brady left, they were like, it's over. Patriots gonna suck for the next. 10, 20 years now, they're never going to make the playoffs again. But I'm like, look at the landscape of the AFC East. They could still win this division. <laughs> even, even before Cam Newton signed there, they could still win that division because you can't really rely on Buffalo. And rebuilding are the Jets still and rebuilding are the, the Dolphins still. So the, the 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 Patriots, I just think that a lot of people with this signing, it kind of woke people up. It definitely woke people up to the fact that, like, oh shoot, they're still the Patriots. As far as like being able to try to pull a rabbit out of their out of their hat and mm-hmm. try to just 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 pull that wild card, because you know, like, that's what they do. They they don't rebuild; they reload, and they're trying to do the same thing here. They're trying to, at least for this season, get a staple a a, a stable quarterback situation, a stable quarterback room, and then be able to look at what they have at the end of the year. If they like Cam, stick with them. If they don't, maybe they try to go elsewhere. Maybe they uh stick with Jared Stidham. Maybe they go look via the draft, maybe they look via free agency. But you know, like th- th- this team does not splurge and give guys, no matter who you are, they don't give you the big they don't give you the big payday. They are the spurs of the NFL. It's just that they they do similar business. It's just somehow, some way they've been a dynasty for the last two decades and they're not not ready to give that crown up
1: Mm -hmm. but it wasn't all great news for patriots and patriot fans uh the patriots were fined and punished uh by the nfl for their tv crew filming the field and sideline on december 8th during the Bengals versus browns game they had a web series called do your job where they were capturing the life of an nfl scout The Browns gave them credentials to shoot, but the Bengals and NFL were unaware, which violates NFL rules. So basically, the NFL came down on them, fined them $1.1 million, and stripped them of their 2021 third-round pick. In addition, the Pats TV crew will not be allowed to shoot any games during the 2020 season. So, I mean, this isn't the first time the Patriots have been caught breaking NFL rules and some would call it cheating. Um, They've had a history. I think a lot of people
0: would call it cheating.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saying with this, well, yeah, we'll get into that. But uh, I mean, in 2007, they had the spy gate in, where they recorded the opposing coaches' signs to players during games. And their punishment was a first round pick or losing a first round pick and $500,000. In 2015, uh, against the Colts, the deflate gate. And they were deflating balls during the 2015 playoff games, making it easier to throw and catch. And their punishment was a first round pick, losing a first round pick and $1 million. And Tom Brady got suspended four games for his role in this scandal. And then now you have what people are calling Spygate 2.0 with the Bengals game in 2019. So, I mean, were these punishments on, were they too hard on the Patriots or do you think it was the right punishment?
0: I mean, that's, that's. A third-round pick, I'm I'm glad they they hit him where it kind of hurts because Belichick doesn't care about no first- or a second-round pick. He loves his third- and fourth-round guys. That's where (laughs) he he does most of his damage. He's in the third- and fourth-round.
1: Yeah, that's where they build up their offensive line.
0: Exactly. So, yeah, they hit him where it hurts with that third-round pick. But at the same time, if they really wanted to, you know, do something, obviously um, they could have came down harder as far as, like, with the fine because, you know, Robert Kraft, like, anything that's under a hundred mil is just literally the yawn fest for him. It's like, yep. Okay. Here you go. No problem. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, but the Patriots will always be the Patriots. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll be the team that some will consider, you know, greatest dynasty of all time. And others will say that they're just nothing but cheaters. So yeah, uh, I think obviously it's kind of murky. It's kind of, you know, there's a little bit of a gray area as far as they're, they're, they're winning, but you know, some would say if you're not cheating, you're not trying. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> if you're not cheating, you're not trying. <laughs> but, but hey, nah, nah. In all seriousness, I don't condone, I don't condone the cheating. But at the same time, I get it. I get it. If you're, if you've had so much success over these past few years, you don't want to to let it slip. You got to capture it.
1: Well, I think given the history of the Patriots, I think the NFL did a good job. Uh, even if it was an honest mistake, which it could have definitely been an honest mistake because they probably didn't know the rules. And it's a TV crew, so it's not really like the front office knowing the rules like the back of their hand kind of a thing, um, which I don't even know if they knew, but given their history. but
0: <laughs> That's what I mean. It's like because it's the Patriots. If this was any yeah. other team, I think everybody would be like, oh, okay. Like, you know, yeah, it'd just I'll be, be a slap
1: on a wrist maybe, like, couple hundred it wouldn't make news at all it's like like, maybe yeah maybe it doesn't even make news
0: but because it's the patriots it's like oh of course
1: of course course." i think think that's why the nfl did a good job took away a third round pick and 1.1 million dollars in fine which is chump change for robert Kraft. but that's why i think like so the nfl kind of uh did a good job for both sides for people that were the patriots and the people that were opposing the patriots all right, and in other news, according to NFL Networks, the Seahawks and the Ravens have had internal discussions about Antonio Brown. Uh, Antonio Brown, the probably the biggest drama queen in NFL history. Uh, he's been his ups and downs. I mean, last year he was started off on the Raiders, didn't even make it to the regular season. Then he was signed by the Patriots, played one game, was cut by them, and ever since then he's been a free agent. So – with these internal discussions as they like to call it do you think ab will be signed by any team
0: well because he's talented his name is always going to be like rumored to go to a, a team here or there but i mean like if he gets signed by the ravens you gotta be jumping for sure because <laughs> you gotta be thinking like yo lamar jackson ab yo
1: look out that's gonna be a crazy duo, and Hollywood Brown. Oh my god, bro, that's crazy. Well, so, so I think first of all, let's talk about whether he would even be signed by a team, whether it's the Ravens or whoever it may be. Yeah, because I mean, he's I got think, way
0: too much baggage. I feel like exactly. that's, that's the thing that would deter a lot of teams. But at the same time, his talent—you know—just because he's still talented, that's what's gonna get his. The guy can still anywhere. honestly.
1: I think the guy can still honestly, honestly, be a top five receiver in the NFL. He right can get now. a
0: thousand. <laughs> yards easily, yeah. so well but it's just like mentally i don't even know if his first priority right now should be football because i feel right. like he he needs i feel like he needs like help like similar with like josh gordon a lot of people said like every single time josh gordon's name was rumored to come back to the nfl people were saying like he needs you know serious help like outside of you know the game and maybe you can make the case that like Av's mental health should be his more so his priority than trying to get signed
1: to a team. Well, he was always on social media going crazy talking about the NFL, the Patriots, whatever the case may be. But recently, he has been pretty quiet on social media, so that's kind of a good look for him.
0: Very much. So. Um,
1: but I, he he's more than likely going to serve a suspension because of his off the field issues of uh, not just his his uh, speaking out on social media, but his um. His other off the field issues. So he's definitely going to be suspended by the NFL, I think. And I don't know if that in itself is going to re-aggravate him because he was coming at the NFL hard on social media. And I don't know if that's going to re-aggravate him and whether he has bipolarism or I don't know. That's kind of a huge question mark. Like you said, I think he needs to get help first rather than focusing on the NFL. But so but if that doesn't, then he serves a suspension. I think he could be a late season addition to any team that is in need of uh, a wide receiver of his caliber. So if we'll just, we'll just play the, 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 what if, where do you think he would sign if he were to come back?
0: If he were to come back? um, I think he obviously wants to go to like a a contending team. And so like, I would say uh, a, 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 a team that probably, I'm just looking at teams that take chances on guys like this. And I mean, (laughs) <laughs> could you could you maybe say, like, a team like uh, the Ravens or maybe even uh, – maybe the 49ers. I mean, they lost they – lost, uh, Emmanuel
1: uh, Sanders. Yeah,
0: Emmanuel Sanders. So they could definitely use a wide receiver. So – and A.B. was rumored, like, as far as, like, uh, trades go, when he was uh, getting uh, shot by the Steelers, one of the teams that he wanted to go to was mm-hmm.
1: – I remember that
0: 49ers. Cause he wanted to, you know, that, that Jerry Rice sort of situation. But, uh but yeah, man, if, if Jimmy G could have AB like a healthy and, you
1: know, focused on football, AB, that would be helpful <laughs> without a doubt. Uh, all biased aside, I really think <laughs> that I honestly see, could see the Ravens signing him. Uh If there's like, like I said, it's going to be a late season addition. And I think, with their wide receiving core right now with, like you said, Hollywood Browns, they have Miles Boykins, who they have high praise for even Willie Sneed has said, this is literally Michael Thomas 2.0 that they're seeing. So it's like, that's 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 what I'm saying. He has big shoes to fill, but he was a late round pick, but, I mean, Miles Boykin, if he takes that next step and then obviously you have Willie Sneed and then you have Devin Duvernay and Prochet that they had just drafted in this year. So, I mean, they have a lot of young guys that could pan out and they may not even have to worry about an Antonio Brown. But if things don't, I could definitely see the Ravens looking in Antonio Brown's direction. And Antonio Brown is Marquise Hollywood Brown, his cousin, and uh, he was also seen earlier this off working out with Hollywood Brown and Lamar Jackson. So, I mean, there's definitely connections right there. And when it comes to the Ravens, their front office and their coaching is just amazing. I mean, Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh won't take shit from anyone. And if they do sign him, I feel like they would have him on a very tight leash just because they don't, they, they literally had the best record in the NFL last year. They're not going to, they're going to bring someone in that could potentially help them but if he causes a distraction, like you don't need him, you you were still successful without him, so don't even worry about it, man.
0: Least... I, man, if they brought him in, I would, man, I would have some serious like Donovan McNabb, uh, TO vibes. Like if things kind of went south there with the uh, with the uh, Lamar Jackson and AB, like his. I mean, when TO first got to the Eagles, like it was looking like that was gonna be a dynamic duo for years to come you know what i mean like terrell owens dominating now and just like for whatever reason it just didn't pan out because you know they they just they just kept butting heads but i feel like it maybe wouldn't be like a certain situation unless ab was like popping off on the sidelines like upset that he wasn't getting the ball enough or something like that, and that like, that's, that's another
1: thing is that there's such a run dominant offense that that's why they're they, they don't really worry about their passing game because even if they have one or two wide receivers, like they're chilling with that. Cause their run game is so dominant. But I think adding a guy like Antonio Brown could open up the run game even more because they're like, okay, now they have like, not saying Marquise Brown isn't a threat. He, it's just that he has health injury or health history. And also like, he's still young, but if the guy can play and he stays healthy, he's a beast. We've, we saw it in the playoffs last year against the Titans. He was really the only receiver that did anything Against the Titans, so um, bringing Antonio Brown could definitely add another threat and would force defenses to be on their toes and would open up the run game even more. So, I mean, when it comes to the Ravens, they've dealt with everybody on the end of the spectrum. You like you think of Ray Rice, his whole issue, and then Matt Elam, their first round pick, which probably is one of the biggest busts in NFL history, uh, and then Ray Lewis, and then Rashard Perriman I mean, like they've had in recent history a lot of players that have had off the field issues or that just haven't panned out and they're not they're not quick to let him go so i mean that's why i think it would be a great fit for the ravens i just don't know how and i just don't know if he'd be satisfied given the past game that the ravens have and how dominant they are running
0: because it is at the end of the day it is ab
1: exactly all right well that's gonna do it for this episode of the nosebleeds thank you guys for tuning in uh, if you guys haven't followed us on social media, be sure to do so uh, on Twitter, the underscore nosebleeds, Instagram, the nosebleeds, Facebook, look up the nosebleeds podcast. That's K-N-O-W-S bleeds. And last words, Corey? Uh, Cam
0: Newton is a patriot. Never thought I would say those words. Definitely a Belichick move, for sure.
1: For sure. We'll see how the Patriots do and Cam Newton do this upcoming season. Hopefully, if there is one. Fingers crossed. Other than that, we out. Deuces.